0: This is The World in Brief, from The Economist. Our top stories. The Russian-occupied nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia has been disconnected from Ukraine's grid, according to the International Atomic Energy Agency. The UN's nuclear watchdog said the plant is now relying on a reserve line. Russia and Ukraine blame each other for shelling near the plant, which has raised fears of a nuclear disaster. On Saturday, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, offered to mediate in the standoff. Donald Trump called President Joe Biden an enemy of the state during a rally in Pennsylvania. The former president slammed Mr Biden for the FBI's raid of his estate in Florida, calling it one of the most shocking abuses of power by any administration in American history. Mr Trump was in Pennsylvania to promote two Republican candidates ahead of midterm elections in November. Sweden said it would provide liquidity guarantees to Nordic and Baltic energy companies ahead of a war winter. The guarantees will help firms meet the collateral requirements needed to trade electricity, which have risen because of surging energy prices. The announcement came after Russia said it would keep the Nord Stream 1 undersea gas pipeline shut beyond a three-day closure that was due to end on Saturday. Hamas, the militant group that rules the Gaza Strip, executed five Palestinians on Sunday. Two of them had provided Israel with intelligence that led to strikes on Palestinian targets, Hamas authorities said. The other three had been convicted of murder. The executions were the first in the Palestinian territories since 2017. Human rights groups have criticised Hamas's court proceedings as well as the retention of the death penalty. Thousands of Russians paid their respects to Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, at his funeral on Saturday. The ceremony, to which the Kremlin offered only elements of a state funeral, was accompanied by heavy security. Gorbachev is hailed as a reformist hero by many liberal Russians, but President Vladimir Putin has blamed him for allowing the USSR's disillusion. Mr Putin did not attend the funeral – citing scheduling conflicts. China extended its lockdown of parts of Chengdu, a megacity in the southwest, and expanded mass COVID-19 testing there to contain a spike in cases. The country's sixth biggest city has been shut off since Thursday. Earlier, much of Shenzhen, a tech metropolis, entered a weekend lockdown. Residents of six districts were told to halt unnecessary movement and activities. NASA called off its second attempt to launch its moon rocket, following difficulties fixing a propellant leak. This was NASA's second launch cancellation in five days. The first effort was aborted by an engine glitch. The launch will be delayed by several weeks at least, NASA said. The Artemis programme, which costs billions of dollars, has set a goal of sending humans to the moon by 2025. And word of the week kui A Korean term for the return to rural life. Increasingly popular among young South Koreans. And
1: now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Chile's constitutional referendum. On Sunday, Chileans vote on whether to reject or approve a new constitution it would replace the current charter, which was drafted under a military dictatorship in 1980. The text was written by a convention of 155 representatives, assembled after protests against inequality in 2019. At 388 articles, it would be one of the world's longest charters and include the most extensive rights enshrined in any constitution. In addition to housing, work, health care, education, and sports, Chileans would have the right to abortion. Indigenous peoples would be granted autonomous territories. Such sweeping changes have perturbed many Chileans. Polls show that most plan to reject the draft text. Yet one factor could still upend the outcome. For the first time in a decade, voters will be fined if they do not cast a ballot. If young people turn out in droves, analysts say the Constitution could yet be approved. The European energy roller coaster. Over the past two weeks, energy traders have watched in disbelief as European gas and electricity markets exploded. Gas futures for the fourth quarter of 2022 briefly touched €350, euros, $350 per megawatt-hour. The typical pre-pandemic price was around €30. Euros. French daytime power, particularly expensive because demand is highest during the day, Hit more than 2,500 euro. For comparison, the running costs of a nuclear plant, of which France has many, although most are closed for maintenance, are about 30 euro per megawatt hour. The price bubble deflated, but settled at still alarming levels of 250 euro per megawatt hour for gas and 1,750 euro for French daytime power. Where next for European energy prices? Germany's decision on whether to keep its remaining three nuclear plants open beyond December is due soon, and France is working on restarting more of its plants. Luckily, Russia's closure of the Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Germany on August 31st, supposedly for maintenance, barely moved markets. The impact of Russia's attempts at energy blackmail may be weakening. The Talented Patricia Highsmith In her final home in Switzerland, Patricia Highsmith cultivated a booze-soaked solitude. Fans still pursued her, eager to meet the author of Strangers on a Train, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and dozens of other haunting books. But Highsmith preferred her cats, snails, and the people she invented on the page. Quote, The difference between dream and reality is the true hell, she once wrote. Yet Highsmith was once young, hopeful, and sexually irresistible. She had a staggering amount of conquests, recounts one former female lover in Loving Highsmith, Eva Vitya's new documentary about the author's secret love life, which opens in cinemas this weekend. Drawing from diaries, notebooks, and conversations with former paramours, all of them women, the film depicts a fascinating woman at odds with herself. Although Highsmith wrote The Price of Salt, 1952, the first novel about a lesbian love affair with a happy ending, better known now as Carol, her own relationships left her mired in self-loathing. In the end, her most beloved companions were her typewriter and her diaries, in which she once wrote, quote, Writing, of course, is a substitute for the life I cannot live, am unable to live. A Possible Link Between Test-Tube Babies and Higher Cancer Risk In Frozen Thawed Embryo Transfer FET, an increasingly popular method of in vitro fertilization, embryos are temporarily iced before being implanted in the uterus. Some evidence suggests this makes conception more likely than transferring them straight in. But children conceived using FET may also be more susceptible to cancer than those born through other means, according to a study in PLOS Medicine, a journal. Some 8 million children were studied across Denmark, Finland, Norway, and Sweden. Almost 23,000 of them had been conceived through FET. Of that group, 48 had been diagnosed with cancer, most commonly leukemia and tumors of the central nervous system. The number of cases is too low to prove a definitive link. And when researchers analyzed all children born through IVF as one group, they found no increased cancer risk. But as more people use assisted reproduction, further investigation of FET is warranted. Weekend Profile Liz Truss, Britain's likely next Prime Minister If Rishi Sunak becomes leader of the Conservative Party on September 5th, It will be the greatest upset for the political polling industry since Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton to win the American presidency in 2016. At present, Liz Truss appears overwhelmingly likely to win the poll of Conservative members and succeed Boris Johnson as the party's leader, and with it, become Britain's prime minister. Betting markets imply she has a 95% chance of prevailing. Who is she? Ms. Truss is one of the most experienced members of the British government, first elected in 2010. She joined the cabinet as Agriculture Secretary in 2014 under David Cameron. She continued at the top table under Mr. Cameron's successors, holding the posts of Justice Secretary, Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Trade Secretary, and most recently, Foreign Secretary. She has adopted the mantle of her hero, Margaret Thatcher. Her overriding priority is improving Britain's low productivity through a combination of tax cuts and regulatory reform. She plans to cut payroll taxes and cancel a planned raise in corporation tax. Ms. Truss brushes aside warnings that fiscal loosening would be inflationary. A large part of her appeal to Tory members is a relentless optimism. And also a loyalty to Mr. Johnson, who, despite being ousted by his colleagues in July after two scandal-plagued years, retains the affection of rank-and-file party members, not least for delivering Brexit. She is a forceful advocate of a new doctrine of muscular cultural conservatism in the modern Tory party, pro-free speech, against revisionist historians, and new gender theories. Ms. Truss's critics regard her as an oddity and a lightweight, not least for her invocations of Thatcher's legacy. She is best known outside of Westminster for a gawky speech delivered as agriculture secretary, pledging to open up, quote, pork markets yet she has been repeatedly underestimated, including by Mr. Sunak. The winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random, from each continent were Asia, Maznun Bujand, Kuching, Malaysia North America, Aina Tavana, Tucson, America Central and South America, Alejandro Jara, Santiago, Chile. Europe, Steve Rayner, London, Britain. Africa, Naren Narismulu, Durban, South Africa. Oceania, John Wright, Auckland, New Zealand. They all gave the correct answers of Juno, Utah, Sword, Omaha, Gold. The theme was the names of the D-Day landing beaches in June 1944. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for the experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Akira Kurosawa. The role of the artist is to not look away.